We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's going to do it for the Rico portion of the show. We w- we do want to dive into questions here. We already have some submitted. If you want to submit more, uh, please do so. We will certainly address those and answer those. And again, a, a thank you again to Jay Clamp and Investments, Montana Irish, and Joe Popiti for their earlier Super Chats. And we really appreciate those. We had one from Alan Watson. He said, hey, BK here at the ninth hole in Augusta. What's up, IB Nation? Hold on, getting recruiting alert. Uh, what, another one? Oh, crap, coming from, call coming from the LSU president. <laughs> The, the, the pithiness of that is just absolutely it's brilliant. brilliant. Uh, get some of these super chats out of the way before we, we talk specific questions. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Thank you for the super chat. He says, but, but Brian Kelly said Notre Dame can't get top recruits. Psh, Marcus Freeman is ruining that man's whole career at Notre Dame in one recruiting cycle. Now, the only way he's ultimately – I get what you're saying, and, right. and I love what you're saying, but all, at the end of the day, I mean, we're having some fun. You're, he's going to get evaluated not on how many number one ranked or number Wait. two or number three recruit class. It's about can you get W's on the field. Yeah, and ultimately, that's yeah. that's the only thing that's going to change anyone's perception of Brian Kelly as a football coach. Can we have those same conversations mm-hmm. that we were having about Brian right. Kelly that he wins the games he's supposed to win? That's step one. You got to win the games yeah. you're supposed to win, and we, we shouldn't be worried about it. You should be winning those games. And then if he wants to just if he wants to completely erase the Kelly, not completely erase that that's hyperbolic, right? But, but if he wants to take that next step, then it's about winning the playoff games and a national championship. Then that's we're right. not talking about it anymore. And and that's where well, I personally want to be. Yep. Here's here's a good one from Irish Shytown, Vince, and I'll let you answer this one because he directed it to you. Ooh-hoo. Says Vince, how do you feel about the wide receiver room currently? So let's just kind of not talk the recruits. About, we're let's talking just about, talk the- about the current room. And then I'd yeah. also like to kind of get your thoughts on you know the future of it if sure. if they're able to add on the guys that, that we talked about or because one of the things you did, Vince, is because you understand Vince is not recruiting is not really Vince's what we ask Vince to do. Vince can evaluate film. He can, he can grade recruits and all that. It's just, we, we ask him to do other things. So for this show, however, he was able to go back and watch the film and, and Vince is a former receivers coach and all that. So that's partly also, why I wanted to get him on the show also because he knows the game. So Vince current receiver room, and yeah. then thoughts on what it could look like with the guys coming back. Plus the potential four-man class that Notre Dame is, is working on. So let's start with the with the current receiver room, right? They've got seven scholarship players. They're down to six, really, because uh, Joe Wilkins isn't healthy. He's not participating right, right now, right? So right. really, they're down to six. So they're down to a two-deep you know, at wide receiver of scholarship players. I like the top-end talent at, at, at in the room. I really do. I, I think Thomas is going to surprise some people. Uh, I think Colsey with the proper coaching is going to do a really good job. And those guys are on the second team right now, you know, and I I think they're going to be just fine. I like the addition of Merriweather. I think that he is that classic high floor, high ceiling kind of guy. And I think that he's going to come in and he's going to do some good things. I think Braden Lindsay is a different dude than we've seen. And we've talked about it a bunch of times on the show, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I love where he's at. I love his attitude at practice. I love the way he's attacking things both from a physical standpoint, you know, in, you know, attacking the ball and all of those different things, but attacking practice 
in general. I love what he's doing. I've always been a Lorenzo Styles fan. That hasn't changed. He's going to take his game to another, you know, he's going to take a step in the right direction, another level from where he was at. And let's be honest, he had a really good game against Oklahoma State. So he's heading in the right direction. So I really like that as well. And Avery Davis is just going to be that steady veteran. And I think that that's a really good piece that this room needs is that steady veteran, right? Braden Lindsay is going to be really good on the field. Avery Davis is that leader in the in the clubhouse, as they say. Former quarterback, exactly. He understands how to lead, and I love that about him. And you're getting a quarterback mentality at receiver. That's huge. Huge. Injuries could hurt this group. Okay, I mean they've got they'll have seven, right? And that is concerning. But if they don't deal with any season-ending injuries, if they're just dealing with the normal, yeah, right, yeah, right. If they're just dealing with the normal bumps and bruises and things like that. This receiving core is going to be just fine. And so I'm really happy with where this receiving core is. I've got a lot of confidence in where the receiving yeah. core is. So what about the future, Vince? Mm-hmm. As you kind of look at, obviously, the sure. four we anticipate coming back, again, barring no one leaving or or no devastating injuries, you're going to have the three sophomore, current sophomores, Lorenzo Styles, Deion Coles, E.J. Thomas, plus the freshman Tobias Merriweather, who everybody knows I'm a big fan of. Uh, and then you get the potential freshman class of – we know that Braylon James and Rico Flores are in it. And then if they are, in fact, able to get Jaden Greathouse and Ronan Hannafin, Ronan Hannafin, Jaden Greathouse, how, whatever order you want to put them in, how do you feel about the future of it? Knowing that you still need to fill up in 2024 because you're still a 24 yes, follow-up away from really That's, rejuvenating and restocking the depth chart. Because you're only going to have eight. You're, you're only going to have eight scholarship players based on recruiting and based on guys that are leaving because we assume – uh, and you're going to have to help me out here with as far as where the the years of eligibility are left. Yeah, so Lindsey so, and Davis so are when, out. When this class steps on campus, barring <clears throat> Brayden Lindsey coming back for a sixth year, which I don't see, okay, or Joe Wilkins coming back for a sixth year, which I don't see, okay, you'll have the three sophomores, so they'll be juniors. So when this class gets on campus, right, Lorenzo, right. Dion, Jane will be juniors. Tobias will be a sophomore. Right, see these these guys will be freshmen, which means. Dion and 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 Lorenzo are entering if breakout seasons commence, they could be off they could be the National Football League. So I so here here's what I'll say. So you're so we're taking we're taking three out, we're adding four. So that's a plus one. So you're still sitting at eight. And I agree with Brian that 10 is the ideal number, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you're still two away from that. So do I keep an eye on the transfer portal? Yeah, I'll keep an eye on the transfer portal if it's somebody that can come in and actually help. I'm not going to the transfer portal for a body. I don't think that that's where Notre Dame needs to be because they're going to have talented depth. They don't need to go to the portal for a body. Okay. They, so does that make sense? What I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't need that. Even yeah. though you're two away from where you ideally want to be. I don't think you do that. And we, we started talking about this four man class. I think it's a very balanced four man class. You, you just said it. you had, you, you came up with three or four different starting lineups just with these four guys that are coming in. That's awesome. And that's how you use your eight-man depth to almost mimic a 10-man depth because you've got guys that can play multiple positions. And so it's almost like you've got one for two mm-hmm. in a couple of different areas. Rico could play a couple of different spots. Uh, I think Great House could potentially play, play a couple of different spots, right? So you're, mm-hmm. eight, you're almost eight for 10, in my opinion, because you've got some guys that can do some different things. And so I really like the type of depth that they have. I want 10. I, I I want mm-hmm. 10, right? But the eight guys that they've got, they're versatile enough that it almost mimics a 10, which I'm right. very happy with. And so I like the group that's going to be coming back. And you're going to have four guys with a ton of snaps under their belts, is what I'm guessing, going mm-hmm. into the 23 season. And so yeah. that's going to help them as well. You're not going to have guys that are coming. Yeah, the freshmen, obviously, they don't have any um, experience but you're going to have four guys with a boatload of experience. And then you're bringing in talented guys who can supplement that moving forward. You don't need those guys to start. It's not that kind of a situation where like the defensive line that we had where there were freshmen, well, guess what? You got to be in the rotation, but you will have freshmen that that have to play. Can right. Well, get themselves in. Agree with you. Agree with you. That's where I'm excited about the talent. The only thing that if if we're going to be consistent, you and I have always said, we don't like it when freshmen have to play. Right. You want them to have you want them to earn it. Now, the good thing is to your point, Vince, and I agree with you completely, there's the talent in the room that I feel like at least one or two of them are going to be ready to play. Maybe it's both sure. of the high floor guys. Maybe it's 
both of the high ceiling guys. Maybe it's one high floor, one high ceiling. You know what I mean? It, there's enough guys there to say, boy, these guys should be, and maybe it's more than two. Sure. But you need at least two to have a, because you want to have a five, you want to have at least a six man rotation. Like, I agree. You, 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 know, five, you can get away with five, but you want to have ideally a six man rotation. So in order to get that, you need at least one guy to even make a five man rotation. Right. Much less to get to six. Right. And so that's where I say, like, it's not ideal in that the lack of experience because of the freshman class, you're going to force the freshman class that make an impact. But the flip side of that is, but this is a, it's like, I, I don't love when freshman defensive linemen have to play. Right. But sometimes you're like, yeah, but they're going to be all right. So like if the current defensive class, defensive line class has to play because injuries or transfers or whatever, say, or, you know, and let's say Riley Mills has a 13 sack year and goes pro. I'm just like making it for <laughs> right. argument's sake, right? Right. You're like, well, okay, so Jason Moore steps in and plays a little earlier than you think, or if they're able to get him, or Keon Keeley, if they're able to get him, or Devin Houston are able to get him, or sure, you know what I mean? So, like, if you're able to get Jason Moore, and even without Jason Moore, you know, okay, it, Keon Keeley, if he has to play, it's gonna be fine, right? right. right. Bubakar can help you as a freshman, Devin Houston can help you as a freshman, Brendan Vernick can help you as a freshman if they had to play. You just don't ever want to be in a situation where you have to play a freshman. And that would be my only concern is just the is is that when you look at the 20 the 2023 receiver room. That sure. would be my only concern. Sure. No, absolutely. I and that that's a concern that's based on depth where those right. all those defections in those two classes are you're still feeling that. Like you you're mm-hmm. still feeling that pain because those guys would be seniors next year in 23. Mm-hmm. They would still be on the roster, so you still wouldn't be dealing with this depth issue. That when when you get defections from two classes like that, it'll affect you for four years, mm-hmm. you know. And and yeah. Brian Kelly doesn't have to worry about that; he's not here anymore. And so Marcus yeah. Freeman has to absorb that. And you got to go four wide receivers and probably another four wide receivers to get things back to where they need to be because you're still going to have guys graduating out. And now we're hitting that gap yeah. those guys would have been. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out Trade Coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you and as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And right now for Irish Breakdown listeners, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started when taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. 
I want to respond to a couple things. Number one is I just, uh, so I was looking at Christian Gray's announcement for tomorrow and it says it's going to come in at 4 PM, but I forgot that he's in central time. Ah, So it's 4 PM central. So it'll be five Eastern. So we'll go live at five Eastern tomorrow for that one. Just make sure that we're, we're clear on that one, but that's why you have to hit that notification bell, Vince, because then you'll know, we'll tell you what time. Uh, Also another question that we had or somebody somebody dad said something i want to respond to this one too i'm trying to find it here it was from uh um, salty virginia peanuts he says no shade on reese but taking over uh recruitment from stucky isn't necessarily a good thing stuck is getting the job done i'm going to disagree with that a little bit because i've had some issues with tommy reese's quarterback recruiting but the one thing he's done a really good job of is recruiting offense as a whole the problem he's had in the past is he would be the reason they would get kids so uh, Coach Alexander was the reason that Deion Colsey decommitted because he just stopped talking to him. Tom Reese is the reason he came back into the class, right? Chip Long was a big reason why those guys committed because he was the offensive coordinator when they actually committed. They committed during the 2019 season. Tom Reese had played a big role in in getting C.J. Williams and a Morgan Walker in the class, and then he just couldn't have help keeping them because the receivers coach wasn't getting the job done. So this isn't a shot at Stuckey. This isn't a Stucky can't get the job done. This is more of one of those ones where you're bringing out the big gun for it. And the reality is Tom Reese is the offensive coordinator and he's done. He's, I mean, you talk to a lot of these kids, Tom Reese's name gets brought up a lot with these offensive players and these skilled players. So uh, I, you know, yes, Chancey Stucky's getting the job done so far. There's no doubt about it, but anytime, and and this isn't to say that Chancey Stucky doesn't talk to Ronan Hannafin. He does. What I'm telling you is, is like, it's anything. If, If the boss, so to speak, steps in to handle the recruitment, it shows you the importance of that recruitment. There's no recruit on the board on either side of the ball where only one coach is talking to that kid. It used to be that way at Notre Dame for bad reasons and good reasons. For example, nobody talked to offensive linemen except for Harry Heastan. That's not even the case anymore. And Coach Heastan's embraced it because this is such a staff effort. So you just have to understand that sometimes the coordinators or the head coach is going to make a kid. That's my guy. I got to get that guy. Sure. And part of the thing with Ronan Hannafin is this is one where Marcus Freeman was like, we need to get that guy. And, and so Tom Reese is like, bet I got that. Right. right. And, and so coach Stucky as well. Everything that I've heard is Stucky loves Ronan Hannafin, just like he loves Jane Greathouse, but it's about how can you properly distribute your resources when you still have three uncommitted receivers on the board? Hey, I got this one. You go get those. Right. That's teamwork. That's what we've been saying for years. We wanted more of. So I don't want to then throw shade that they're using their resources that way to say, oh, the Chancey Stucky should have this one. I think it's a good thing. And that's how that's the only way you can really get a four man class at receiver is if you're using all your tools in the tool belt, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that the I don't you know, Vince, I'm not a real handy guy. Is that the proper expression? You know, tools in your tool belt. (laughs) Um, tools in the toolbox that, you know whatever yeah yeah right i have one of those it's got some cobwebs on okay. it but i do have one yeah, i don't really yeah. use that uh, bobby s <laughs> also says any chance with the covid redshirt medical things that if Lindsay davis and wilkins can come back next year davis is done he is he's on a he's already now. using his covid year yeah. 2022 will be avery davis's covid year yeah that's it because he got hurt late last year so his he couldn't use a medical for his injury last year his injury is why he decided to come back for a sixth year i believe but he is using his COVID year. Lindsey and Wilkins could. I just don't know if that would be wise, especially with how much Joe Wilkins has been injured in his career. I don't. Sure. I don't know if I would want to take that chance uh, of counting on him. Sure. But uh, look, if if that was the case and they could make the numbers work, I'd be fine with one of those two guys coming back. I just don't oh, know yeah. if it makes a lot of sense to do it because I think they're both great kids and I think they're both really strong leaders. Joe's a very good leader. It's just he hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's right. been the been the problem with Joe, and that's where you have to be careful what, what what you're balancing between using a scholarship to bring a guy back and using it for a new recruit. I mean that it's a balancing act, and you have to decide okay, well, what's more important now versus what's more important in the future? All of those different things, and every coach is different when it comes to that argument, and it's it varies player to player to player. So it's going to be interesting. Let's get to some more questions here from everybody. Yeah, this is more of a comment from Michael. With each additional commitment that Notre Dame adds to the 23 and 24 classes, other recruits are taking notice and want to be part of something that is truly epic. This is amazing. You are not wrong. No doubt. And that is such an important piece to this whole thing. Kids right? aren't and, stupid, man. They know right. what's going on. Vince, you it. and I have been saying this on this channel for years, man. Oh. 
football guys, dudes want to play with dudes, man. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, he, he's absolutely right. The more you get, the more you attract other guys. I mean, that's no what doubt. we see at BAM and Ohio State, right, Vince? I mean, that's yep. what we see at those schools. No doubt. Irish Hightown says, Brian, which receiver do you expect to commit next? I It'll be one of Hannafin or Greathouse. Honestly, if I had to – if I was a betting man right now, I'd probably put my money on Ronan Hannafin just because okay. I think Ronan has talked. I think that the decision for Ronan was always kind of before the season started where Great House has been kind of back and forth. So if we're just going off the latest things that they've told us, I think Ronan could be that guy. But but I, I won't be shocked if both of them are committed somewhere by the end of this summer, like some somewhere. You know, I don't think it's necessarily a lock. Uh, that Ronan is going to commit to Notre Dame, but you know I think Notre Dame's in a good place. And same with Jaden Greathouse. If he commits this summer, I like where Notre Dame is at. If he decides to postpone things, then then obviously other schools will have a shot. So that's kind of where we are with that. The world famous Scotty Nitro. Do you think that Ronan, uh, Ronafin, Ronan Hannafin, and Jaden Greathouse could be waiting Ronan. to make a decision in order to see if Notre Dame lands a quarterback in this cycle. No, I don't think that's mm-hmm. the case. I haven't heard that anyway. No one's mentioned that to me. I think with Jaden, it was more about just wanting to see how the offenses look at the schools he's looking at. I don't think that's a concern. And again, both of these guys are very well aware of who CJ Carr is. You know, and, and Ronan actually has met CJ because they were on campus together uh, for Ronan's official visit. I don't know if CJ came back in town the week after when Jaden was on campus. I don't I don't know if he did or didn't. I'm not sure. But uh, you know, to me, I think we, I think a quarterback could have helped this this class even more. But I will say that I will say that they have done a pretty good job of putting together a heck of a class without one. Yeah, that's and, a really good point, though, because yeah. normally it's the quarterback that kind of spearheads everything, and everything yeah. kind of comes off of the quarterback, yeah. at least on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and they've done all of this amazing recruiting. The number one recruiting class in the country currently and i realize defense has something to do with that too but i mean the offensive line class that they put together so far the you know the wide receivers i mean the tight end that they wanted they got you know they're doing this without a quarterback committed and Mm -hmm. there isn't one necessarily on the horizon that's going to commit that everybody knows about it just hasn't happened yet like this is impressive i'm telling you it'd be it's it's easier to it's easier to recruit offensive players when you have a quarterback in the fold and you'd be like, look, this guy's gonna be throwing you balls. This guy's gonna be handing the ball off, you know, whatever. This right. is the guy you're gonna be protecting. And they haven't had that. That's right. That's big. This was the uh, comment Jay Clampett made after his big super chat, which we appreciate, obviously. So some holiday cash for Mountain Dew for Brian and some bubblegum blueberry white cloths for Vince. <laughs> I don't know what those are. Oh, I don't bad. know what those are. White cloths is, is a beer. Yeah. I know that. Uh, Montana Irish uh, said, uh, appreciate the great coverage of the holiday weekend. That was after his super chat. So oh, again, nice. we appreciate both of y'all very, very yeah, much. No doubt. Let's get to a few more here. Uh, if you guys want to get us some questions, go ahead and throw them in now. Uh, we're just going to kind of get to the end of some of these ones that we starred and then get rocking and rolling. Mark one with super chat. Thank you, Mark. Sent you the vid for your Mexican dining in Vegas. Ooh, nice. Hope you guys enjoy. Tell Vince, don't eat too much. Great breakdown. <laughs> no promises. Can't there. have to say Vince and I've had plenty of dinners together. I can't make any promises. <laughs> no promises. Uh, can't make any promises. Can I, I'm going to throw one up here, Brian, just so you can yeah, uh, speak to it here real quick. Peter asks, speaking of quarterback, where does Notre Dame We'll have that conversation that, another day. Look, the reality is because um, we said we could ask recruiting questions. That's so not right. off limits. It's just there's nothing new to report. I, I do believe Notre Dame is still trying to recruit Dante Moore. There are other rec- quarterbacks that, I, that they've started to reach out to. Uh, I think they're kind of in that middle ground phase, right? Say, okay, are we ready to give up on him? No, we're not. Uh, are, are we ready to fully jump on to some other guys? No, we're not. And so I think that's kind of where they are right now is right. just reassess the board, continue to try to recruit. Cause right now Dante Moore's not committed anywhere. So why would exactly. you give up on him right now? Yep. You'd be a fool to do that in my opinion. And they're not. So that's kind of where they are. Where do they go from here for now, for the short term, keep doing what you've been, well, keep doing what you were doing and get back to that. <laughs> right. Which is, you know, m- m- you know, that's, that's what I think they should do. And, and as of right now, they have not moved on. Uh, from Dante Moore just yet. So that's why I say just be patient, let it play out. We'll see kind of what happens with him here as we move forward. 
with that. Stephen Goodson with a comment. Rico route running and getting a pass from a position passer like C.J. Carr, I'm about to blow my top. Look, and that's the thing. And if you look at whether it's C.J. Carr, Dante like Moore, that. some of the other guys that we've looked at, like there's the Austin Novosad kid from who's a Baylor commit from Texas. If you look at a lot of the quarterbacks that Notre Dame has targeted in the 23 and 24 classes, they're very accurate quarterbacks. And that's another reason, guys, like that they're recruiting are important because, you know, Rico's precision route running with a, a quarterback like C.J. Carr, whose ball placement is so good. That was something we love about Dante Moore. That's something I like about Austin Novoset. Some of the other quarterbacks are on the board for Notre Dame is that precision when a guy that can run routes like Rico can is so important. When you have guys that are as athletic and big as Braylon and Ronan and as someone who's as polished as Jaden Greathouse, man, just put that sucker in a spot and let them go get it. And that's something that I really like, but you have to have a really accurate quarterback to do that. And that's certainly what CJ Carr brings to the table. I mean, that's, you know, that's of his physical like throwing traits. That's my favorite one, Vince. It's his ball placements is as good as you're going to find. Yep. And no doubt. that's something I absolutely love about him as a player. Bobby S also asks, which of the four receivers are we going to sign uh, are going to be early enrollees? I think that's Ooh. very important. Yeah, that's incredibly important. Vince, because of all the depth we just talked about. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's incredibly. I and usually I am not a fan of early enrollees from an off the field standpoint. It's just mm-hmm. it's hard for me to to be on board with missing the last half of your senior year. But from a straight football standpoint and the depth issues at wide receiver, I want as many of those guys in early as possible. So I'm yeah. kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, and I totally get that. Um, but and, and early enrolling isn't for everybody. You know, you have to be mm-hmm. mature enough to handle that. Uh, I mean, we're not even talking about reclassifying to another year, which people are bringing up. But right. you know, you have to be mature which enough. They to need to stop, right? I, I mean, agree you know, completely. Yeah. Right but, now, uh, but yeah, it's it's. I want every one of those guys in early if possible. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, as far as early enrollees, the only thing that could limit so all four of the guys that right now we believe Notre Dame wants and we think that they either have or lead for. So you're talking about Braylon James, Rico Flores, Ronan Hannafin, and and Jaden Greathouse. All four of them are really good students. And so and we've talked about Braylon and Rico especially are elite students for, for football prospects. Right. And as I said, Braylon had credible offers. Rico has an offer from Yale. Uh, Ronan has great, I mean, great academic offers. Jaden's got some of those as well. They're all able to enroll early in regards to the course load from what i'm told what i don't know is i don't know if they all four go to high schools that let them graduate early yeah that's a big one because like that's mm-hmm. why brennan vernon's not enrolling early i don't believe his high school allows them to enroll enroll mm-hmm. early there are some josh lug didn't enroll early for that reason because his high school doesn't allow it you have to have a, your high school has to has a say in this you know if they don't want kids 100%. leaving early then they don't have to do that so I don't know where that stands, but my understanding is Notre Dame is pushing hard to get all of them. Braylon was actually trying to co- to to completely reclassify. Braylon James was trying to reclassify. The problem is Notre Dame doesn't have the numbers. They don't have the room. They don't have the scholarships. Right. Because, so, yeah, right. That's, that's the only reason that didn't happen. Yeah. But um, the, the, so, I mean, he's so far ahead that he could, he could have, he literally academically would have had a chance to reclassify. He's definitely going to be an early enrollee. Uh, I would have, I'd be shocked if if Rico and Jaden and Ronan also aren't as long as their high school allows it. And I don't know specifically if if where each of those kids stand in regard to that. So I, I don't want you to to um I don't want you to take me as saying Driscoll said all four of them are early enrollees. I'm just saying all four of them are academically in a position where they could be early enrollees. I just don't know where things stand with their high schools. Uh, in regard to that. So that's the that's kind of the question that that I would say right now is where we're at. All right, let's get to some more of these questions. We do have some more questions rolling in, Vince. Uh, here, here's an interesting one. William Chesney, is secondary or wide receiver recruiting more important? Before Before I answer this, William, I guess my question for you would be, are you refer? What are you referring to? Are you referring to like the close in this particular class? Are you talking general? more? Which of the which position in this class has the bigger need, the most important need? Or are you talking about like in general? So I guess that would be part of part of my question for you on that one. But I'll answer it this way, Vince. If we're we'll answer kind of a couple of different ways. The sure, first one yeah. is 
in this particular class, I, I would have to say you have to separate secondary and between safety and corner. Okay. A corner, I honestly think they could get away with only one corner. It's not ideal, but they get away with it because you have three from the yeah. 2021 right. class, so they all redshirted. Right. So they're all going to be redshirt freshmen this year. Then you've got the two incomings in Jaden Greathouse. I mean, Jaden Greathouse, Jaden Mickey and Benjamin Morrison. And then you add Micah Bell. So that's six kids that basically are all going to kind of fit sure. into a freshman, sophomore, you know, eligibility kind of together since those kids uh, redshirted. And so uh, in that regard, I think corner's actually kind of good now. Like now they want in, I think, ultimately need a second. Sure. Like I said, they could get away with just one. They they want and and ideally need two. Safety, you had to get two. I mean, to me, safety was a much bigger numbers need than corner. And then receiver was incredibly important. So I'm going to go with receiver simply because a, I think it's harder to get transfers at receiver, hmm. and b, because the need was so great numbers wise that they had to they had to hit it big. Because here's the other thing, Peyton Bowen. And Adon Schuler don't have to play as freshmen. Christian Gray, if he picks Notre Dame, and Micah Bell, who has picked Notre Dame, don't have to play as freshmen. Notre Dame needs at least one receiver, if not two, that have to play as freshmen. So I think from a pressure standpoint, that's there. I think, and we talk big picture, I think they have to do even better in the secondary than they do at offense. Because as Vince and I will, I think, are on the same page on this, Vince, as an offensive coach, give me good players. Give me a bunch of Rico Floreses, and I can put together a really good offense. Yes. I yes. got to have – I need more dudes like on defense. On, yes. I, I need dudes on defense. And I, I I remember talking to some high school coaches about that. It's like, hey, give me as many dudes as you can. I'm putting them on defense. Give me as many smart – I don't want to pigeonhole myself here by saying, like, smart guys. But, like, football IQ, you know, that kind of guy, I could put together a pretty darn good offense. Now – I'd love to have a – I'm talking high school. I'd love to have a dude at quarterback. I'd love to have a dude at running back. Let's go. You know what I mean? And I, I can get away with a bunch of possession guys, a wide receiver. You know, I don't necessarily need a game breaker. <clears throat> so I would put my dudes on defense. So I guess I would – if I'm following my own logic, I would say secondary is more important. But in the current climate at Notre Dame, they need wide receivers and they need – all the different variances of a wide receiver at Notre Dame. So they can stay balanced. I think that's the most important thing when they're trying to get their offense to where they want it. Yeah. William Chesney also says in 2024, with Ohio state being the heralded wide receiver, you, how big is it? Even though we might not match them recruiting a receiver, our secondary recruiting has been top notch closing in on elite secondary status. It's incredibly important. It's yeah. Because you, <laughs> Because these kids don't have any impact on what happens this year, but they could next year when they play in Notre Dame Stadium against Ohio right, State, exactly. right? And and then there was a really interesting question yesterday, Vince, that uh, we had in the uh, was it the mailbag or was it yesterday? Uh, were you on the was it the mailbag Friday when we were asked about Notre Dame and Ohio State going against each other about the over under four and a half like, times? Yeah, it was me, right? Yeah, I was so there. that's I an interesting over. one. Yes, because if Ohio State's recruiting at an elite level and it has been for years. Notre Dame is starting to recruit at an elite level, right? They got to close on this class. Last year they were on the verge. They weren't quite an elite class last year because there's too many misses on offense. Sure. But their defensive recruiting was elite, in my opinion. Right. And at least with the exception of you missed out on safety, right? But, but that this but, yeah, Marcus Freeman was there for that whole cycle. Right. Now he's over helping offense. Right. And now he's going to get a full and cycle he's hired four better recruiters at 100 percent than what they had. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, it's nice to – because, like, it says, well, no, Notre Dame doesn't have the receiving core. Ohio State has – so, like, okay. those receivers aren't playing against each other. Exactly. The important thing for Notre Dame is, okay, can you cover those dudes? Right. And that's right. the challenge, right? Because they are putting together year after year. I mean, this year's receiver class is excellent. Go look at last year's class. That was not a bum receiver class. That right. was a really good receiver class. Right. And, like, the kid that got most of the hype rankings-wise, Caleb Burton, I thought was their third best receiver. I mean, that that maybe fourth. I mean, I liked him. He's a good player, but I liked K, I liked uh, the kid from Chicago more, Caleb Brown more. I like Keon Graves, Graves even more, the kid from Arizona. And I think the kid from Georgia, although raw, has a higher ceiling than Caleb Burton. So, I mean, they, that that's but that's what Ohio State's doing. The year before that, they got Marvin Harrison and Emeka. I mean, they, you know what I mean, Vince? Like, yeah. So that's what Ohio State's doing. They're stringing them. It, it's not like – 
like Bama had that like that one great receiver class, and then like Jalen Wall the next year, and then you know, you know, and so now it's like they've had to go get some transfers because they had some years where they weren't quite yeah, Ohio missing. State is yeah. stacking them up year after yeah. year after year. This is now three elite receiving classes in a row. Two elite, one really good. The 2022 receiver class for Hoss, it was really good. I don't, I, it's not elite because it's not to the level this class is. And it's not to the level, in my opinion, of the Emeka Marvin Harrison class, but it was really good. Right. This Notre Dame class is better than last year's Ohio State class, but it's not quite on the level of the one that Ohio State's putting together now. But again, so what? They don't play each other. Right. Notre Dame's got to be able to match them with what they're landing on defense. And that's the encouraging thing is because Notre Dame is recruiting defense at an elite level because they've upped their secondary recruiting in a big way in the yes. 23 class. Started exactly. last year really at corner because I think Mickey and Morrison was an outstanding corner tandem. Yeah. Then you're if you're able to get Christian Gray, you can then have two in a row, right? So two outs. But then also, I don't know if anybody is recruiting the defensive line as well as Notre Dame is right now. Right. A&M had like that one great class. Didn't do great the year before, not doing great now. But when you talk about year after year, Notre Dame is starting to string together some really good deep line classes. And that's going to neutralize some stuff, man. And But the key is they got to get Jaden Osbury. If they can get Jaden Osbury, Vince, you've now stacked up two elite linebacker classes in a row as well. Sure. And I'll say this. If if Notre Dame gets Christian Gray tomorrow, he ran a four four one and a four four two at Ohio State's camp last summer. That would make him the third fastest DB in this class for Notre Dame. <laughs> third fastest. He'd be one of the slow guys. Yeah, secondary for Notre Dame because my, because Peyton Bowen's a four three eight and Micah Bell is. Really I mean, fast. He, we don't know his 40 time, but his if you but, translate his track time right, right. to what we see from other guys that run track and what they've done at the combine, they're high 4-2, low 4-3 guys. And that's what Micah Bell is. So that's the thing that matters more is Notre Dame's got to be able to dominate up Ohio State in the trenches and then be good enough on the back end to yes. compete with them. To, to not, and, and you're right. not going to win every single battle with those guys. That's how Clemson has beaten You've got to neutralize it to a degree. Right. You know? That's how Clemson has beaten Ohio State in the past is because they were able to just kind of be really good on defense on the defensive right. line and beat Ohio State in the trenches. Right. And you don't have to cover as long. Right. And that's that's a big a, a big part of that. And that's why Ohio State almost beat Clemson in 2019, Vince, because those right. corners Clemson had a great receiving core in 2019. But they just came out. You had Justin Ross on one side. You had you saw T Higgins on the other. You had Amari Rogers in the slot. And Ohio State with Jeff Akuda and that secondary, they just came up and beat Clemson up. And then oh. that year, Ohio State had a – I mean, you know, there's this kid named – I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Vince. A uh, kid named Chase Young. You ever heard of him? Played DN I mean, for Ohio State. Average bench warmer. <laughs> but the point is, if you can be physical on the perimeter and, and run well – Exactly. You, and you have a great D-line that can pressure the quarterback, then you're going to have a, a chance for success. The, the problem is, is Clemson's defense was even better – and the reality is, is Clemson had the better quarterback. That right. those those were the two differences, because both receiving cores had their struggles in that game. It's just it, it's just that at the end of the day, it was Trevor Lawrence was a better player than Justin Fields. At the end of the day, that's what it boiled down, and that's not by much. Justin had some nice plays that game. It's just Trevor Lawrence was just I mean he he was just the best quarterback in college football yeah. uh, after Joe Burrow that that year. So it was um. It's a, but that's kind of, it's a great question, Will, and and really intriguing. But the fact that we're having this conversation is the fun part because a year ago, we're like, why are we talking about Ohio State people? Notre Dame right. started dominating Michigan on the recruiting show. Why are we talking about Ohio State? Right, like right. they're not on that level right they, now. They've left Michigan in the dust. Right now, we are talking about Ohio State and can Notre Dame? Yeah. You know, where does Notre Dame stack up against Ohio State? Because that's and where they're trending. That occurred faster than I right. anticipated. Much, much more so. so yes. Much more so. That's a good point, Vince. Very good point. Here we go. Uh, we got a question from Let Manager One. Does Jeremiah Love have a rough commitment timeline? I don't. I don't believe he has a timeline right now. Uh, Ryan would would it be a better person to answer that, and we'll have him back on Tuesday. We're gonna have our recruiting hour on Tuesday this week when Ryan gets back. Well, actually, I don't think he'll be back in town, but he'll be able to do a show on that day. He'll be able to answer that because he talks to Jeremiah. But from our conversations, I don't believe Jeremiah has a timeline. He has talked in the past about 
making a decision before the season, I believe, but I'll have to check with Ryan on, on that point. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Is Ryan Wingo a get at this point? Charlie, I, I think he's meaning musket at this point in time, Vince. Okay. But uh, I would say, um, I would say, is he a musket? Yes. I would say he's a musket. Um, but is he a guy that they're going to get? I, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, is he a so, 24 or 23? He's a 24 guy. Okay. He's a 24 guy. He's gotcha. a kid that's from also a Missouri kid. Gotcha. Very talented receivers on campus recently as well. All right, let's get to the next one from Troy McIntosh. Troy McIntosh, would LZ be a take if we miss on one of the last two? That's a good. That's a good question, Troy. I think it would depend on who they miss. If they missed on Jaden Greathouse, I could see it. If they miss on Ronan Hannafin, I don't. Hmm. The reason I see that is because is Malik is more of a similar player to Jaden. If you miss on Ronan Hannafin, you're missing out on an elite athlete, and I think you'd need to try to replace him with another big-time athlete. I don't want three bigger, polished type of guys at receiver in one class. It, it, it would be a challenging replacement for that. So... You know, I, I just – I'm not sure how I – I wouldn't love that one, honestly. I would work on – if you think your offense is going to be good this season, that would be uh, that would be one where I'd say, hey, look, you, if you get your three – if you get great house, let's say, and you miss on Hannafin, I'd say just go into the season and try to get some uncommitted kid or flip somebody that right. you like or whatever. Uh, if you miss on great house, I could maybe be okay taking that, but even then I'd still say shoot, shoot bigger, right? Shoot bigger. And that's kind of where, um, where I would, where I would be. So, uh, I saw that, uh, Mark one also said, he said the other day, um, his son <laughs> signed up for the board. So we were joking about would he be Mark two and David. he said, no, his son is David. So, yeah, um, yeah. we lost all the fun, lost all the fun on that Man. one. So, uh, apologize on that. Um, <laughs> let's see here if we can get any more here. Tony Stangle. I appreciate this, Tony. Yeah, Tony says, uh, I think we need to take a minute and thank Brian, Ryan, and Vince and the rest of the IB team for taking time out of their holiday weekend to cover this stuff for us. Thank you, boys. Yeah, it's a it's a really no tough life that we have to take time out of our day to talk. Notre Dame. I know, right? It's, I mean, uh, and my wife is walking the mall right now with my yeah. kids. So I, I had was to, at the mall early with Ange. I had to miss out on that. That's, yeah. uh, that's rough. You need to call her, Vince, and tell her to go to the candy store. They have the candy store there mm-hmm. has uh, chocolate covered almonds that are okay. much cheaper than the ones at South Bend Chocolate Factory. Oh, uh, okay. Really good. My, well, my, so, here, not to go down a rabbit hole here, but my son's best friend, their family owns that place. Okay. Oh, so we're in well, there. Well, tell lot. them that, that <laughs> the guy you work with, uh, your buddy Brian, uh, is, is helping keep them employed with the amount of chocolate covered almonds I bought from them today. <laughs> They also That's sell uh, the Jelly Bellies. Yeah, I I really like. So Angie and I got some of those today because she had to. She has to. Um, she's getting new earrings, but she has to get like specialty kinds because she gets allergic to. She's allergic to a lot of different types of metals. metals. Yeah, and so she wanted me to go with her today, so I went with her. Nice. I had to do the good husband thing. I then hear we went you. to went to salsas for lunch. Yeah, and oh, uh, nice. You know, well yeah, so so we're doing that. So that's what when I was when I set the show, and then Sean sends me the. The info about the baseball coach because there's, I guess, a new candidate, which you can read about at Irish Breakdown. I'm like, man, I'm like, y'all haven't sent me anything all day, and now I sit down to have lunch, and <laughs> I got all this stuff. Of course, I, yeah. I'm doing my husbandly duties tomorrow yes, when I get dragged to the fair. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna, then I'm gonna grill some steaks later tonight, so that'll oh, be man. my the last thing that I do today. You the man. Yep. So let's see if we got any more. Here's one from uh from Jay Clampett, Vince. All right, Jay Clampett Investments. Uh, thanks for the super chat earlier, by the way. With the excitement of the 23 class, do you feel that pending the product on the field is adequate? The 24 class could really be a game changer. I think yes. So he's saying pending what they do on the field. This okay, year, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, with the excitement, you know, paying a profit. So to me, I think 22 was a needle moving class 21 the 21 class was a needle moving class on offense 
Tyler Buckner, Logan Diggs, Audric Estime, the three receivers that we love, Lorenzo Styles, Deion Colsey, Jay right. Thomas. You got Kane Barong, Mitchell Evans. You got a pretty good offensive line class that was very top-heavy with Blake Fisher, Rocco Spiller, and then Joe Walt, who we thought had a high ceiling, has been much better than expected. Yeah. So that, to me, was a needle-moving offensive class. That was a right. gap-closing offensive class. The defense left something to be desired. You had some players we liked, Ryan Barnes we both like. Uh, you had uh, Prince Collie that we both liked. There were some guys we liked, but it was kind of like, you know, you had a lot of misses as well, Vince, right? Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, your your defensive line class, you know, Jason Onye is a, a guy with a low floor, high ceiling. Gabriel Rubio is a kid with a high floor, I think, lower ceiling. Uh, Will Schweitzer was a bit of a project to have new power strength. I mean, it just there was a lot of misses. You missed on some linebackers after Prince Collie. The only other linebacker you signed is already gone because he's on a Mormon mission. Uh, it was just um, – it wasn't quite where you wanted it to be. It was solid, but it wasn't at, mm-hmm. on the level of the, def- of the offense. Fast forward a year later, it's sort of the opposite now. You got a really good O-line class, and, you know, you got some good players. Janarian Price, very good player, uh, really liked the tight end class. You got Tobias Merriweather, very, very good player, but you were two guys short at receiver. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you know, the, the quarterback's a good, solid prospect, but, you know – you had a chance with Kay Klubnik, and you didn't take it. You had a chance with Sam Horn. You chose not to take it. You you were late getting in on Drew Aller. And, you know, now we're hoping that Steve Angeli's better than we think he is. We're hoping that a kid that's never thrown for more than 1,800 yards in high school can right. become a player that can learn at Neyland Championship. Okay, great. Hopefully he does. Steve seems like a great kid. Um, you know, and I was actually – I was busting his chops, Vince, at the uh, Irish Breakdown, just having some fun. You know, Mike Singer – uh, and I were walking next to each other, and Mike kind of made a comment because he knows how I feel about Steve. He made a comment about how great Steve is, and then <laughs> Steve turns and I made a comment. I was like, "Calm down, Mike. It was the spring game." And then Steve smiled, you know, because he knew we were having some fun with nice, right. really nice kid. And right. if, he's, if he makes me look bad, great. I'll That's be a happy great problem to have, right? Yeah. But you know, it just it wasn't you know it wasn't that needle moving recruit. You're not getting kids to come to Notre Dame because you signed Steve Angeli. Right. Defensive class, different story. Yeah. Best linebacker class in the country. Two excellent defensive linemen and another kid who isn't highly ranked, but he's better than the, his brother, and his brother was a was, four-year starter at Notre Dame. Yep. Right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, he was the glue, right? I mean, he's, he's, he was a glue kid. Right. And Donovan, I think Kurt will even probably tell you this, uh, Donovan is a is a more athletic, productive yes. player coming out than Kurt was. I don't know if he's as big as Kurt is going to be, sure. but he was a better player than Kurt was. And then, of course, you, you you came up short at safety, but part of that, you know, and there was reasons why that that you kind of get upset about. But the cornerback class was excellent, so it was a needle moving defensive class. But offensively, you you did have needle movers in some areas, but then you had some misses in others. It wasn't where it needed to be. It was a really good class, number six class, certainly a gap closing cast class, but not to the level it should have been. Then you come to twenty twenty three. Now they got to finish. Right. They've got to get to the two receivers we talked about. Right. You've got to get Christian Gray. You've got to get, you know, Jason Moore and Jaden Allsbury. Like if you're able to get those guys, you got to get a quarterback somewhere, somehow. That is a big time gap closing class, Vince. But here's the thing. You can't just have one. Right. You got it. And this is the this is the long winded answer to get to where the question was. You can't just do it once, Vince. Yeah. Well, we just talked about Ohio State's receivers. It, it wasn't one class. It wasn't two classes. It was stacking those classes up year after year. What's made Bama the juggernaut? Bama won a title before they became this elite program, but they had they didn't win another. I mean, they won one in eleven, but shouldn't have. To be honest with you, that team should have had no business playing for championship that year. Twenty twelve was a legitimate championship team, right? You know, and then they kind of went on another stretch where they didn't win one after twenty twelve until twenty fifteen. Well, that's kind of about when they started really stacking up those classes, like really seriously back to back to back to back to back. And they started getting better play at quarterback. Sure. And and so to me, you have to do it consecutively. And that's why, to me, the 2024 class could be huge. And here's the other part of events. As much, and I, and I want to get your thoughts on this, as okay. much excitement as there is in recruiting now, None of these kids have seen Marcus Freeman and this coaching staff coach a game together. Absolutely. Which could really hurt if it's not good. But if the product on the field is good, meaning like 11 and 1, and you say, let's say you lose to Ohio State by a field goal, they score a touchdown late. It's a competitive four quarter game. And then you run the table 
if those kids in 24 see Marcus Freeman and his staff that they wow they can actually coach too, then yes, 24 could Will be, be unbelievable. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And and to add all that, it's going to be Marcus Freeman's first full cycle as the head coach, where mm-hmm. he's got say on both sides of the ball. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's only been the head coach for six months, and he the twenty three class. They, obviously, the hay wasn't in the barn yet, but the groundwork had already been done. He's been the head coach pretty much for the groundwork of the majority of the twenty four class, and so you add on you add that plus. A ten and two, eleven and one, competitive type season. It's going to be unbelievable because now he's going to have that track record to talk about as well to go along right. with his amazing recruiting and his staff's amazing recruiting. And depending on if he has to make any changes, you know, guys leave because that happens when you're successful. You know, it, it's just going to build on itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now he's putting these classes together with zero on the field track record, which mm-hmm. I mean is impressive. That's really impressive mm-hmm. all by itself. You add on right. the field track record, forget about it. Forget right. about it. You're going to be turning right. guys away. And what you're seeing too is in the 24 and 23 classes, there's two sort of Midwestern type areas that have to become the backbones of Notre Dame recruiting when it comes. And that's, and we've talked about this at Chicago and St. Louis and, and that Missouri area, because I think there's, I think that's a place that can be favorable to Notre Dame. And Chicago, obviously, they're dipping into in the 24 class. If they're able to get Christian Gray, that's another kid from a great high school in the St. Louis area. Jeremiah loves a similar deal. Then if you can start – here's also why the 23 class is important because there's some flat-out dudes in those two areas next year. Sure. And there's some dudes in Texas. So if you can have success in Chicago and St. Louis – and Chicago already you're having 24, but in 23 – if you can have some success in St. Louis and, and Christian brothers and DeSmet are two of the better teams in the state. If you're able to get those two kids now, all of a sudden, does that make the door easier to, to or the path easier to go get Ryan Wingo next year? Because you've opened that door. And one of the big questions we had when Jordan Johnson left was the way it was all handled. Would you be able to go back into DeSmet and get a kid? Right. That's another reason why Christian Gray would be big. Sure. So it's not just on the field that's going to impact next year. It's going to be, can you have success in Texas this year to the to in a way that then makes it the path easier for a Micah Hudson and some of those guys next year? Can you have enough success in St. Louis? And they've already started to have some. Kyra Williams in 2019. Sure. You've had, obviously, Tyson Ford last year. You have Gabriel Ruby the year before that. If you can then go add some skill, some more skill to that, all of a sudden, does that make it easier to get Ryan Wingo? So it's on and off the field success to me, right. Jay Clampett, that's going to potentially open that door for the 24 class to really be that, that you know, talk about a game changer. And I think it's got a chance to be that. Sure. Uh, in my opinion, there's, there's no question. There's no question about it. Let's see if we uh, love this. Thank you, Byron. Appreciate yeah, that. It's got to love my IB nation. Go Irish. Yes, sir. Byron. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, D troll hunter. With the uh, super chat, thank you, buddy, for the chocolate covered almond fun. Appreciate you, appreciate you very much. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Charlie Weiss's that last belt loop. This is a. This is a I'll let you touch this one first. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Weiss's last belt loop says, "Fun question: Do people spot you guys in public from YouTube?" Um, more I, from I'll, I'll talk for me. 
I would say more during the season because more Notre Dame fans kind of converge on the campus. And so as I'm walking from my car to the stadium, I hear people yelling my name that I've never met before in my life, which is surreal and weird and awesome all at the same time. Um, I was driving into campus one day and I saw somebody I knew out the window and then I kind of said, hey, what's up? And then some other guy was like, Irish breakdown, start screaming <laughs> like at the car. I'm like, yeah, all right, what's up, man? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's kind of wild. I would say the local yokels don't necessarily I, – I a couple times – uh, but probably you've called me a few times me. at, at yeah. you were doing a um you were doing this uh rep- score score uh you're taking you're doing the game yeah you said somebody came up to you i and- was doing a, a high school basketball game on the radio and somebody was uh in the crowd and i heard about it after the fact it's like i saw you there. i was like come yeah. up and say hi you know yeah. um but yeah it's pretty cool and surreal at the same time i, I i've never really been noticed until this past five six months <clears> really um but I wear my IB gear out in public yeah. too. Like I think that's the only reason anyone's ever recognized me is because they see the IB gear. But like the first time we were at Joe, Trader Joe's, and the guy checking, and this is had right after the first time I'd shaved, <laughs> and so he didn't recognize me. He recognized the gear. He's like, "I was breakdown," and, it, and then he looks at me, and goes, "Are you?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, I am." I said, "I just shaved." Him. He's like, "I, I you know," because he had just kind of started listening after the Brian Kelly thing. Very nice, very polite. Didn't that's like, funny. you know, just just was really thankful you know said we loved the show and all that um was walking out of Texas, out of uh buffalo wild wings a uh, month a couple months ago and a guy came up and he's like hey are you are you brian driscoll and i was like i want to be like depends yeah what do, do you, you like brian driscoll or not? <laughs> <laughs> so uh but that was really nice and then we had a guy and remember the show it was like back right before the spring game where i was like i'm really i'm not talking about dante more anymore right some guy, we were at um, the uh, the place that used to be Scotty's Brewhouse. What's it like Aspen something? Oh, that yeah. new burger joint. I was there with uh, Ryan Roberts and his family come in town. So was, was, okay. I met his dad and his wife that weekend. We're sitting there. Some guy comes up. He puts his arm. He goes, hey, I got a question about Dante Moore. And then he just smiles at me and then walks off. And so that was really cool. I just got a big kick out of that. That's funny. I wish he would have stayed because then I could have had some fun messing with him. But, That's um, funny. That's really it, it happens from time to time, but yeah. not not a ton. And it's and, very flattering. Um, it is. It's, it's really it is. cool. It's it's kind of awkward because yes. I'm like I'm like I don't I'm like who am I like why you know right but exactly. uh, it's humbling and and I used to make fun of loose emoji because of how he would act when people would come up to him like loose face turn everybody like really embarrassed everybody knows loose every game we're walking somebody come up talk to him and loose like why are they talking like for Lou it was more like I'm nobody like why does right. anybody care but like I'm like dude you're the legend. And I used to make fun of how how humbling it was for him, because that never happened to me before. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Now I get it. It's like like wow, like you know, it's we made enough of an humbling. impact where somebody recognized and felt the need to come up and say hi. So we we actually appreciate it. I really do. You know, big time. Uh, so we're not one of those like just leave me alone, let me no. make dinner. You know, if you see us walking around, man. Say hi. I love yeah. it. I yeah, mean, I, I love it. seeing people. And that's the kind of community we're trying to build, right? You know? and exactly. That's why we do the tailgates and stuff like that because we're, you know, we're, we're just we're we're you know we enjoy it. That's what we're trying to build. We're trying to build a family. We're trying to build a community, and that's nope. that's the fun about it. So the last couple before we get out of here, uh, Mark one super chat. There we go. Mark, he says, question, what access does your team have to report on the Notre Dame football team? It's really Same good. everybody else. It's yeah, good, I mean. Because I think a lot of people don't understand what our access actually is. I mean, you're right. at sources. I mean, that's a right. big as far as finding stuff out, especially this time of year. Right. But then once we get into the fall, when we get fall practice, we get a schedule and right. we, we know when all the practices are and we get to go yeah. when they tell us we can go. And right. in the past, it's been about five out of twenty ish, give right. or take. Um, who and knows? We got the press conferences during the week, and then you know, and all that. So I mean, we get the same access that everybody else gets when it comes to those type of things. Right. Right. Um, obviously, we'll see if I'm able to be at games this year or not. But it has nothing to do with what some other clowns have reported. It has to do with a choice that I've made. That is, is there's a requirement to be in the press box in their name that I'm not willing to make, and uh, it is was. But my team was there. Right. Like Vince was there and, and Sean Davis was was at one. And so and this and uh, Mike was there and then Sean Styers is our new beat writer. So he'll be at games this year because right. they they 
made their choice to do what was needed to be there and totally respect that. It's just, and I made mine. Uh, so other people have lied about why I was in the games. They're clowns and I don't care what they think anyway. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping that changes. But like, for example, last week, all the media was allowed to sit down with one-on-ones with Marcus Freeman. And we were part of that. You know, we got our half hour like everybody else had. So we get the same access everybody else has. The rest of it's like, how hard do you want to work? How, how hard do you want to work at cultivating sources and reputations with parents or players or coaches or the person who knows the person who knows this person, you know, boosters, donors, it's just how hard you want to work, you know? And fortunately we've had some people that, that like the show that have become, you know, people that kind of give us information, which we appreciate, but we also try to respect that. And, and a lot of times, I mean, if y'all knew how much information we got that we can't put out, but it's just like, Hey, please don't say anything because if you do, it's they're going to know where it came from. You know what I mean? So you you try to respect that and honor that, that information, you know, while you're not allowed to give out specifics, it helps you formulate right reasons for other things that are going on. You can kind of report that. So it's like like the Jadarian price injury. You know, we knew that the day it happened. Right. I had a source. Hey, just so you know, Jadarian price towards Achilles. So I, you know, I think injuries need to be handled with care. You don't just go report something because some person told you, so I did some digging. It felt like, yes, yeah, this happened. I was able to confirm it. So then I talked to some folks in their name, said, hey, here's what I know. Let, let's figure this out. And so right. they don't like you to just run with injuries. They like it to be announced and they want the kid to announce it. So what sure. they what we agreed to do is, you know, hey, can you just hold off until this date? And then they allowed us to break it before the kid before they went public with it. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, if you're doing that, if you're going to work with me on that, then I'll work with you. Right. On injuries. Now there's other things I'm not asking for their blessing for because it's they're they're not I don't work for them. But there are some things where and like to me, that's that's cultivating a good relationship. Like, hey, look, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to I don't know if the kid's parents know yet. I don't know if the you know what I mean? Like, I, I, am I going to report that? Hey, this kid got injured and his mom's like, hold on a second. He hasn't even told me that yet. Like, just that's messed no, up. I just yeah. And, and Notre Dame, that's where Notre Dame gets really ticked off. And so sure. I'll work with them on that. But it's just about how hard you want to work and yeah. to cultivate sources. And it was harder for me the last three, four years. It was because the guy in charge had made it known that he didn't want people talking to me. And I still did. I just had to work a little bit harder at it. And fortunately for now, a lot of the people that that was the case for are gone. Yeah. One and <laughs> you were talking to are now in power. So <laughs> um, So, you know, that helps, but you know what I mean? Like there's right the the new staff doesn't have the same that's, oh that's, this guy writes bad stuff about us i mean i've i've praised tom Maurice a lot the last two years i've praised coach freeman he's not going to tell his staff not to talk to me because right. you know because of that so um but at the same time if it comes to that it comes to that because my audience is not marcus freeman and tommy reese and al golden and uh, it's y'all and y'all are always going to get our honest our honest stuff so um so that's kind of that that's an interesting way to end it so I, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, let me see if we got any more uh, any more of these uh, down here. Let's see. Uh, the rest is all I'm seeing right now is the Big Ten stuff. We're not gonna we're not gonna go there anyway. Just yet. Eventually we will. Well, we went there last week, but we or Saturday. Sean and I did, and we'll probably talk more about that this week. But I'm not really worried about. I mean, that's today's going to be a recruiting show for the most part. So I appreciate this, Vince. I think that's going to do it, man. I think it's going to do it. So why don't you go ahead and take us out of here, man? Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Make sure you let me throw this away here. Make sure you hit the like button, the subscribe button, hit that notification bell. Because you never know when there's going to be another That's right. an announcement. Although we do know when there's going to be another one. It's tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Or 5 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. Make sure you tune in because there will be a live Irish Breakdown show at mm-hmm. that time. So No afternoon show. Correct. Right? So no, and, and no IB Nation sports talk. The staff oh. has tomorrow off. It's just going to be me and Sean tomorrow night. Because Sean wants to be. I was going to do a show, solo show, but Sean wants to be. Yes. Because Sean- of Christian. Sean Davis. Sean Davis, because of Christian. Yeah. So So make sure you tune in tomorrow at five o'clock because that is the next time we'll be coming down your airwaves. If you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and give us a five star review. Share it with your friends. We'd really appreciate that as well. So thanks for hanging out with us. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. Message boards, message boards, sign up. I'm trying to give that creepy, like, you know, sign up for the message boards. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. So that's what we do. Thanks, Absolutely. everybody. Have a great day. Thank you for joining the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We'll talk to you again very soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.